Bonjour, comment ça va? C'est Zach. Bienvenue à le 55. Uh, yeah, that about does it for my French skills. That's just a little shout out to today's guest, Coach Nadia Ducouré. It's an awesome interview, so I'm not going to take up too much of your time. But as we march towards, pardon the pun, the month of March, our campaign of the talk season two is slowly coming to an end. We are sitting around 50% of our target goal of at the $5,500 going towards Stella's Place's virtual counseling sessions. So I'm not going to stop putting these little notifications at the beginning of the episode. But what I will personally do, I'm upping the ante that for every $100 that we raise from now till the end of the campaign, I will run a kilometer for each $100 in the month of March. So Let's get me in tip-top shape by making those donations. You can visit our website at the55.ca. Go to our Instagram page. You can find the link in our bio. So many ways to support this incredible organization. But I'll stop yammering, and I'll see you on the other side of the intro. Alors, welcome, bonjour. C'est Nadia Dupouré, Offensive Assistant Coach of the Carlton Raven. And you're listening at the 55. Hello and welcome to At The 55, your home for OUA football. We are back with another installment of The Talk, our interview and conversation show about mental health in and around the sport of football. Today we are joined by a very special guest. She is the former technical advisor of France's National Federation of American Football, former member of the Saskatoon Valkyries, and the offensive assistant coach for the Carlton Ravens. We are very privileged to have on our show today, Coach Nadia Ducouré. Coach, how are you doing? Good, and yourself? Thank you, Zach. <laughs> I'm doing very well. Um, as I said earlier, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today, Coach. Um, you know, the place I want to start in this conversation, we, we have a number of, the predominant amount of guests we have are current athletes either in the sport or having recently left. Now, in our intro episode, my friend Dakota Vine, who spent last year coaching with the York Lions, he came on and we were able to get a bit of his perspective from the coach's standpoint, sort of in, in dealing with not only his own mental health from a coach, but being able to be able to see how the players navigate it from that other perspective. So I kind of want to start in that same line of questioning for you, because I have to imagine these past two years with the global pandemic, on again, off again, lockdowns, losing the 2020 season. This this must be the hardest time to be a student athlete in uh, possibly ever. So for you as a coach, what has it been like during this time being able to or, or trying to support your athletes knowing that the world has been in, in such a, a state of just seeming disrepair and the uncertainty of having football, not having football, being able to access training, everything like that. So what has that been like for you as a coach trying to help your athletes? So first of all, during the pandemic, the hardest part is we we just lost the human part, which was to meet together. And then, so if you don't meet, you need to keep those athletes entertained, right? To keep them uh, motivated, keep them in their goals. And something very particular with those uh, university athletes is eligibility as well so when OUA work on that too that was the next steps of you know the stress leave um, uh, for the athletes saying okay they're not like when the pandemic hits nobody knows what's going to happen how long it's going to stay and then boom what are we going to do with those athletes that they have eligibility what we can do so that's something that really relieved the athlete in the first part for sure and then the uh, the entertained part is 
how we're going to keep them within the team, but everybody is at the house. That's one. As well as what they can do physically where they are with what they got in the home. And remember the gym were closed as well. So all those stuff that maybe they can go for a walk or like, you know, in a park or, and that, that was the most important thing is to keep those athletes with us, within us. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and we, we were lucky enough last year, or perhaps just over a year ago, to have Garrett Holmes from the, the University of Western on who had spearheaded the Canadian Student Athlete Association. And you know, I'll take any opportunity I get to give him credit as well for what he did for allowing athletes to have eligibility, because that was obviously a, a huge piece as well with players worried that their career was going to end before they, they wanted it to. And we know that injury takes careers away, but this is obviously obviously a different situation. From from a coach's standpoint as well, you know, we don't really talk about, it's, it's obviously it's all about the players, right? We, the reason we do this is for the young athletes and everything like that. But I feel like we don't actually often talk about how the coaches are doing themselves because you kind of have to maintain this this facade or not facade, but this image of, of confidence of, you know, if you don't, if you don't actually know what you're doing, you have to at least pretend like you know what you're doing because the, these these young athletes obviously look up to you as the coach and, and to all these coaches to have a plan. But it's been an, a time in our lives where it's almost impossible to plan. So just from a coach's standpoint, from you personally or anyone on the staff, do, do you all talk to you about like how you're doing? Like, is there any conversations about uh, from that standpoint? It's called checking. <laughs> so checking into each other. That's very uh, like within the coaching staff, we always do that too. Uh, that's pretty much the part for the first part, sorry, uh, of, a, of uh, every meeting that we had online. Um, and then there is something as well that I wanted to mention is as a coach, we need to keep inform as much as we can because we saw how things going like differently every day as much as we can saying the truth and we always have plan a until plan z because we like we it's it's pretty much the same as a as a game right you have a game plan you're trying to play with what you got depending on the situation in the field um and that's that's something actually help us uh, during the pandemic because yes the it is open it's closed we can do we can have 20 athletes we can have 50 athletes you know what i mean and uh but between us for sure we had um pro, uh, mostly weekly meetings which help us to check on us as well as group on uh, whatsapp as well like you know if you have something you can just put it there and it allows like the chat allows as well to open more than just football so yes, like maybe today I'm not doing well or it's not like nobody actually say it, but it's, oh, I'm missing football. Like just that sentence, like I'm missing football. Me, I want to be on the field today. I'm, I'm like having that day that I, I'm, I'm missing that time, like the old time. Uh, that's not a wake up call, but after that you can just say yeah hey, how are you how are you doing what's up what you prepare off like all, all those stuff well you, you mentioned something uh really interesting in that in that you know it's it's not always spoken uh about when people aren't doing well and i think particularly and one of the reasons that we wanted to be able to run this series is that 
oftentimes in the sport of football um, as a result of the culture, perhaps a little result of it being a, a, a male-dominated sport, which no doubt we'll get into shortly, those conversations sometimes don't happen. And once again, it's it might be partly a thing of football culture. It might be partly a thing of just the the sort of stereotype, but it's often true that men don't aren't able to necessarily have those kind of conversations with one another. So kind of going back to helping out your athletes, how, how do you deal with perhaps, say, identifying that one of your athletes might be struggling but they're not necessarily they're not necessarily saying it but you you know it's it's obviously you don't want to just be like going up to someone saying like hey what's the matter or or there's there's obviously it's it can be a different difficult area to navigate if if someone isn't coming forward but no doubt there are indicators that someone you're working with might be struggling so how do you navigate that when someone's not necessarily asking for that help but maybe you have a sense that i think this person is struggling so personally, and that's super good that you're saying, personally, I will go to the athlete. I won't go further. Like, I like to ask questions, like, as easy as how are you doing today? Just to have that, you know, that, um, how can it, how do you say that? How, when you have that uh, sense of the room, like when I ask a question to athlete and then he can tell me or not, and then we can use the, um, the, the university as well because they have the resources for that so i know sometimes they don't want to they don't want us to know but i'm i'm not lying i'm very good i'm asking questions like how you doing what you're doing like how you feeling right now like asking question maybe related to football who's gonna rely on my mental health today is that is that my physical or is that my mental is that together and I actually found some of them who actually talked to me a little bit. And then I say, if you don't want to talk more, we can have the resource. So I went to uh, Coach Samara and then he gave me the resource that I can give it to the athlete. Because there is something that we forgot as well as mental health is when we came back to the field, we have a different stress. Because after all those years doing like pretty much like the minimum, we'll say, um, the athletes were like, am I ready? Uh, thinking about all the program who actually be, being better, like ready than us, or, you know, those struggle, like where I am right now between the level that university is right now. And uh, that's, that's why we were like very, very close to the athlete because after all those years, like all those years, all those months away from us, um, we, we, we didn't have them like every day and we didn't have that sense of the room. So it was very, it was very clear that some of them like struggle, like not physically, but as well as mentally. And, and you mentioned being able to access those resources, uh, you know, something that's kind of come up in conversations that, you know, I've had with, with student athletes that is something that I can actually reflect on a bit from, from my experience playing university is that, you know, you, oftentimes you get to the end of your journey and then you realize, oh, wait, that was I didn't actually realize that I could have accessed these resources or maybe not made aware of them. And, and even if you are, sometimes there's still that stigma of being able to to use them because, you know, once again, going into that sort of the football culture and everything um, is there, you know, once again, not trying to sort of push an athlete to to do something they might not be comfortable in. But are there ways with the, the staff that you have being able to try and. I guess destigmatize that that aspect of these resources are here to help you. There's nothing there's nothing wrong about that. 
Yeah, we're pushing that hard as well as uh, the way that it's anonymous as well, because a lot of them say, I'm not going because after that person will go back to coach and then talk about that. So this is totally like we we really emphasis on that, saying that if you're going to talk to the doctor, the doctor won't talk to us. This is for you to be helped. This is not for us to know what you got. This is for you to be better when you come back to the team. It's uh, it's to help you. Like we're pushing that hard. I know sometimes it's very like they think that we we lying type of uh, when we saying that, but that's actually truth. And then um, sometimes is we just need one or two example to let them the whole group saying like you see that person went to the doctor. We don't have nothing to do with it. We help. We give you the resource to help you uh, getting better um, mentally. And we we have that physical part, actually. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that 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 piece on just the anonymity of it, I think that's huge. And, and um, I, don't, yep. I don't think in a number I've had a lot of these conversations with people. I don't know if that's actually come up. So I'm hoping that other programs are doing that because that's I think that does actually tackle a lot of that 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 issue there. So I think that's that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so coach, I, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this are are, are, are shaking their heads at, at me because I've, I've yet to perhaps get to one of the, the most interesting pieces on you in, in your experience as a coach, the first female coach for the Carlton Ravens football team. Kind of touched on the fact that football historically continues to be a bit of a men's club. We've been privileged to have on our show Olivia Goshwebi, commissioner for WIFA, uh, the quarterback for the Western women's football team, and being able to pick her brain a little bit on on her life navigating through a sport where you don't necessarily, you know, it's it's for for young men. You, there's often whether it's a, an older sibling or a friend or a relative or just watching in the professional ranks, you see people who look like yourself in the sport. You kind of have that pathway. So for yourself, what was that like navigating into the sport where you know, it's it's a you are in many ways. I don't think it's uh, exaggeration to say a trailblazer in what you've been doing, sort of first through the door in many circumstances. So I'm sure there's a, a lot there to unpack or to go into. But I guess just how has that been like navigating your time in this sport so far? Like I was thinking about that uh, lately because um, I'm thinking about. I've been there for a long time. Like I remember the first time when I was when I walk into a football field. The thing is, as a woman, and as you said, you need to see somebody who actually maybe as you see a sibling or who play type of your level or in the league. I feel like you always have like as a female coach, you always have not to prove yourself, to, but just to prove that you've been football enough. That's why you're here today. That's it. And um, you just need sometimes one or two action. And then after that, it's, it's a sell. It's a, it's a deal done um, within the athlete as well within the coaching staff. Same. Um, because when the coaching staff uh, uh, welcome you, they don't know everything. Like Especially that in football, and you know how historically, historically how football works, you're coming with your staff, right? <laughs> and uh, right now, like you have that little part to come, who did she come from? And um, how, what's her history? What did she do? Why she's in football? Maybe she's a, a sister of somebody, a player or, you know, a coach. So, yes. And then uh, in the player, like in the OUA um 
eyes. I've seen those eyes who didn't give me the look. I always say that the look is when they they look at you and they say, why she's here? Because I've seen that a lot during my career and on all the field that I had. And I always had um, either players or either coaching staff because they're not like the player when they have a question about, oh, who are you? They're not coming at me saying, who are you? They're going to go to another player and ask. And usually that other player or that other coach will say, oh, she's been here forever. So don't worry. She knows that that's that's why they say <laughs> that's why they said. And this year, last year, last year, because now we're 2022, last year, something that it was very, um, uh, very I was very proud of is. I actually, so with Steve, we work on a different objective, but I actually um, had the privilege to use the task that I wanted to do and to work with the coach that I wanted to work with. Uh, so that was a very, um, very nice um, year last year. And this year will be a different as, as well. <laughs> you know, you, 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 sort of, you touched on it a bit there, but I, I wonder, I feel like there's that sort of stigma for, for say, uh, women in a sport like football where you have to kind of prove yourself that much more, right? Of just like, do, do, you, do you get that impression of just like, oh, you know football, like show me you know football? Or have you, has that been something that you haven't necessarily encountered? I will say personally, I won't do more. Uh, I will do football. That's yeah. why I, I, I always say I will do football. You want to talk to me about football we'll talk together and then maybe you will know that actually you know i've been doing um i will say my homework because as you said um my entire career mostly i will say 80 percent of my career is american football i know canadian football since i'm here about eight years now so i know i always knew the differences is just because I had the chance to play with the Valkyries helped me to understand more the game because you know the 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 way that you're doing your um, you 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 play game and stuff like that is different. So that's something that I was very happy to learn. Um, but yeah, no, I won't say I would do more. Like because I don't want to. It's not that I don't want to do more. I don't consider because I'm a woman. I have to do more. We are coaching staff. There is the player. Everybody has to do his job. Done. Well, you know, and, and coach, one of the things I, I, I love about football is that, you know, you look at a roster of players and, you know, you compare what the, the offensive and defensive linemen look like to the quarterbacks, to the kickers, punters, to d d defensive backs, that it's this really interesting mixing pot of athletes of different skill, ability and level. And there's that sort of inherent diversity of body shapes and talent as a result. But then we, we don't all, we, you know, we've yet to really see that reflected necessarily from a standpoint of, of, of gender uh, in the sport as well. I have to imagine that's something that, you know, that is going to only help the, grow as the sport continues. Do you see yourself, do you have people reaching out to you now kind of mentioning that sometimes having that person, to sort of sort of uh, lead the path, to sort of see how they got there, being able to have that person to look up to. Do you have you know young women or young men alike reaching out to sort of pick your brain on sort of the the steps you took to get where you had where where you are? I will say I share a lot about, um, and that was during the pandemic actually. That was not when I was um, a coach for Raven yet. Is during the pandemic what I did? I use a lot of um, clinic to actually share um, within the women, because that's always the thing is, a woman won't 
apply to a job if they don't have all the qualification. If there is one qualification that they don't take, they won't apply. And I was telling them that they have to, even if there is one line that they don't take, they have to apply. And they always say the same, we don't have enough experience or am I going to be good? I'm not talking about good. You have the base. By the time they have the base, after that, everybody will learn on the, on the field or with video or with book or with clinics. So I, I try to, even here in Ottawa, uh, there is a right now, um, what is it called? A, a league for flag football women. And I'm trying to follow them a lot to actually, you know, have those uh, contingency of women in Ottawa because we don't have a lot of uh, football in Ottawa right now. We have a team which called the Capitals. Um, and um, I'm trying, yes, to have a, a woman team in a, Carleton University because Olivia told me that's the only university in Ontario who doesn't have a woman flag football team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying. The thing is, I'm not a student, so I, there is nothing that I can do except helping in the coaching. So I just, I'm just uh, making my my head around, and uh, um, as well as uh, something that I have to mention is um, you were talking about. Um, people reach out to me. I actually, I am a mentor for one of the athletes in Canada. So basically we're working every month on her objective, how she can improve within the sport. So she's not in a male, um, she's not in football, but she's in sports. So we know that sports and women, it's very difficult to keep them always active because, you know, we get babies and then we have families and stuff like that. So after that, we just tops. So I try to help her to anticipate some of the stuff that she can uh, face, especially that she between now and uh, last year when I met her, which was in uh, last April, uh, her life changed within sports. So um she managing a lot of different stuff in her in her part of the world. She's in Edmonton right now. So and something that she mentioned is it's not. She didn't need me in, in like I would say in expertise of sports, but she needed a woman to talk about sport with, which is very basic, right? Woman, like as we said previously, she needs somebody to represent herself. Uh, in the sports. Absolutely. I mean, that piece on representation is obviously huge yes. in, in any area of our life. Uh, and, and I love how you identified in that that sort of cycle of, once again, it, it, it's in other areas than just football, but of you need the experience to get into the position, but that position is what gives you the experience in the first place. So being able to sort of break through that barrier is obviously super challenging in in not only football but in so many areas of life um coach i mean this has been incredible um th the last thing i just want to ask you somewhat off the topic from specifically with mental health and sports and your story well it does relate to your story but is that you know when, I, when people think uh football and france they're not thinking you know <laughs> uh tom brady you know nfl anything like that right how and as you mentioned, you've been in this sport for for a long time. 
I'm just kind of curious, like what the what is the culture of American football in France like, and how has it sort of grown in your time, um, in your lifetime, but specifically from being in the sport. So as you mentioned, American football and France, it's not. And at that time, I was lucky. Uh, we had uh, NFL Europe. I don't know if you heard about that. So we had a professional uh, a team from NFL in Barcelona, in uh, London. That was a long. So these help us. When I say us, friends, to actually develop the club because everybody wants to play in those leagues. So everybody wants to play in a high level of the French, um, of the French league, and then be able to ha- to be there. Uh, right now, it's pretty much the same. Um, the same atmosphere mean there is more, much more, much more, much more club uh, all around France, as well as a lot of athletes goes to Germany or Finland to actually play professionally. When I say play professionally, is I mean they're getting paid to play, uh, which um, happen in France a little bit, but. Not as uh, we can see in US or uh, in Germany as, as, as well. So there is as well that um, you allow when you in a higher division in France, you allow to have somebody from US, Canada, another country to be able to come and play within the league. And this actually helped, you know, the, the culture to grow up to, to be, oh, we're doing uh, American sports first and then we're doing football because um, all the American sports, like when we talk about American football, we talk about hockey, we talk about uh, baseball, all of those are there, but it's all about keeping the culture and we actually need those um, um, uh, people from other country to to come to those countries, I'm talking France, Spain, uh, Germany, to show us and I remember that because that's what where I actually learned um, some of the um, culture of US and Canada it's because some of the coach came for clinic and they told me how it, they work like there like this they bring in their luggage a little bit of their like if the, their culture for us to actually um, see what they got because there we we doing our own culture but right now it's all about it's more American to, to Canadian, I will say type of, when you get there, but uh, it's football. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it seems like over the last decade or so, a number of, of athletes who graduate out of a program in Ontario or wherever in Canada, and maybe they're not CFL bound, but I, I feel like you're seeing more and more stories of athletes saying, well, you know what, I got an offer to go play in Germany, or mm-hmm. I mean, even I think yeah. I knowing people go to like Australia, even and it's a chance to do a bit of traveling after you graduate, play a bit of professional <laughs> ball, keep that dream alive a little bit. Um, the only thing I will say on the NFL Europe thing is they always seem to send the Jacksonville Jack Jaguars over to England when they play those yeah. games. So, like, as far as you know, getting the best oh, quality. Those of the- are, <laughs> no, those are the game. But before that, we had the they had leagues like they had oh, they gotcha. had real team. So I don't uh, the Barcelona with the Dragon. So they had a team like with American player, but as well as local, as well as all European players. And they ha- we had uh, so Germany had one, uh, Spain. Uh, England and uh, I don't remember the fourth one. So and they had those little. That was before they sent. <laughs> yeah, I know that was before they sent the NFL team there. 
that was way before. And then they stopped that, I think, because of money and blah, 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 you know, politics. And, and then, uh, yeah, and then they send the, the teams, like, as you said, the Jacksonville. Or, <laughs> they cannot send the Rams or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they, they need to step up their game in that area maybe a little bit. Uh, and then before it was one, and now it's like three or four uh, game now in uh, in London. Well, I mean, it's it's awesome to see how much the sport is growing because, I mean, uh, as anyone listening to this can probably speak to, football is an incredibly empowering sport. There's so many lessons, and I think with the you, the role model you are, you are now allowing more people to be able to experience that in their lives, the impact football can have. So, Coach, uh, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, best of luck in the off season, moving into next year. And uh, I don't know how much you want to share, but I'll say congratulations once again for uh, the sort of recent development in your own in your personal life. Um, I'll leave it at that, depending on how much you feel like sharing. But uh, thank you so much. Thank you, Zach, for having me. <laughs> Have a great day, Coach. Yes, you too.